Thank you, hospitality team, for having coffee and donuts. Um, we were we had uh, Christmas Eve service last night. I, I'm sorry that I cannot remember who said this, but um, somebody said basically it felt weird to come to church and leave without food. It's like that's true. I mean that's again we brag on the hospitality team all the time. We're close to 18 months ish that they've had food for us every week. Um, it's amazing. It's amazing, and. As long as we're bragging on people, I'll brag on y'all. And I do brag on you to every pastor I, I talk to because they're, they're amazed that we have food, but they're more amazed that you stay and eat it. Because usually people come to church and skedaddle. That's a fun word, skedaddle right out. But I said, no, they all stay and eat and talk to each other. And they're just like, what? Anyway, Renee, come on. Um, we're not quite done with... With ministry, I mean, I shouldn't say we're not quite done with ministry because the word ministers, but you know what I'm saying. Um, Renee shared this with me, and this is fantastic. And then I'll tie what I just said to what you're going to say. Thank you. <clears throat> Paul was talking about we all need to we ask for signs. Well, this morning in prayer early, I asked for a sign. And I opened my Bible, and it fell open to Haggai, which most of us don't read. Haggai 2 and I just looked down at it and it said the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house says the Lord Almighty and in this place I will grant peace declares the Lord Almighty and I knew that was for my house but I feel like it's for this house that what's in the past has brought us to where we are now and he's going to grant peace here and he's going to bring people here that need peace and the former things happened for a reason for today that's so good that's so good and so if you've been paying attention in the series uh glory remember what the hebrew word is for glory kavod right the kavod of god it's so fun to say um that the glory present house is going to be greater than the glory of the former right that's good news and so when I say things like the hospitality team and you stay and eat I mean we're we're kind of we're getting accustomed to the culture at the gathering the new culture at the gathering we're so used to it that y'all are like why does he always say that because it's not normal it's not normal and when I talk to other pastors and I tell them this I can tell it's not normal because their face goes like what they do what? It's a beautiful thing that God's doing here. And we're talking about glory through this wonder series, right? Like, how do we carry it? How do we share it? How do we seek it? All those things. This morning, we're going to talk about proclaiming the glory, right? And because it's Christmas and we've heard the story so much, I thought maybe maybe some people here might need a little refresher. We've shown this video years back. It's fantastic. And so we're going to show it now just um, so we can kind of get a refresher of what the Christmas story is all about. And then we'll... Teach a little bit, and then we'll go home.
All right, let's go home. That's fantastic. If if you weren't with us last night, um, so I took last night Christmas Eve and this morning Christmas morning. We're just kind of doing the, a message that kind of spans both of those. And here is kind of your big idea: light comes to us so that light can shine through us. It comes to us. We talked about that last night, the candlelight service. But it comes to us so that we can shine the light through us. So um, let me just read some scripture verses. The light comes to us. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 says, For to us, to who? I'm sorry, who? Us. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. Um, can't make sure I get this right. We were talking about this this morning. In Pittsburgh, like in the South, we would say for to y'all, right? But apparently, Pittsburgh people say for to yens. Is this true? Can we pray for people in Pittsburgh right now? <laughs> for to yens a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. Now we focus on this last part, and we should. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We know what he's called, but we, we go too quickly past the first part. He came to us. The light shines to us. Luke chapter 2, verse 11, part of the good news that we just saw, that was a fantastic video. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. To you. Like, so the prophecy in the Old Testament is, hey, to us, right? To us. And then in the New Testament when he's announcing it, the angel said to you. And I, I don't know how Jesus pulls this off, right? But when Jesus says to you, somehow he's talking to every one of us. 
all of us, but also each of us. And think about that just today, to you, to where you are, a son is given. He is the Messiah, the Lord. So the question is this morning, and here's what we're going to talk about. What do we do with the light? If the light has come to us, what are we supposed to do with that? And we're supposed to proclaim the glory. We've talked about carrying the glory, that there's a weightiness to the glory of God. We've talked about seeking and sharing the glory, but we're supposed to proclaim the glory. And too often what happens is we say, hey, the light came to us, yippee, and we keep it. We don't tell anybody. We kind of get into our secluded walls, right? And it's like, that was a great service for us. But he didn't just come to us. He wants to shine through us. So here's what I want you to see, just some verses. Luke chapter 2, verses 17 and 18. When they had seen him, the shepherds, they spread the word concerning what had been done, what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Some translations say that they, they wondered at what the shepherds said. That's where our series title comes from. That tells us when they proclaimed. They proclaimed when they had seen him. John, 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Tells us what they proclaimed. Listen, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. I'm not going to go into a full preach here on that, but just that one verse alone answers why evangelism is so far down on the list of what Christians do. Because we're not talking about something that we've seen and touched and experienced and known We're talking about something that we heard about, some theory that we think might or might not be true. And nobody talks about theories. We want to talk about what we know, that which we have seen. We know when we proclaim the glory. It's when we have seen him. We we proclaim what we have seen. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, tells us who we proclaim. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save you. His people from their sins. God, I don't want to sound like super religious because that's not who we are. But y'all, this is not a season about good vibes. This is not a season about feeling good because Mariah Carey's song is playing. And she has made, she feels good when it plays because she's made a ton of money on that song. This is a season about Jesus. This is a season about God coming to earth, becoming like us to save us. That's the message. That's what Christmas is about. He will save his people from their sins. And we know where we're supposed to proclaim it. Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault. Where? In a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine. Everybody sit up a little straighter. You will shine among them like stars in the sky. Did you catch that? I love this star. Creative team, you, you did a great job. I love that. That's us. That's us. When we have seen him, when we have touched him, when we have experienced him, when the light has come to us, Our purpose is to then shine like stars, not here, 
but among them who? The wicked and warped crooked generation that he just talked about. We shine there. And then I will be able to boast on that day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. Y'all, this is what we do. We proclaim the glory that we have seen, that we have experienced, that we have touched. And, and why do we do that? Oh, because God said to, right? No, we, we do it because people are searching. They are looking. You know people. You are people. We're all searching for significance. We're searching for purpose. We're searching for meaning. We're searching for something. Sometimes we don't even know what we're searching for. But we know this, that people are searching. Yesterday, um, two things just to illustrate this quickly, and then we'll close. I, I took my sermon from last week, and I just grabbed like a 45-second clip, and it was um, when I was talking about, like, if you go to the gym, you should keep going, because going to the gym two or three times isn't going to give you a six-pack. And I just made some reference, like, obviously, you know, to me, because I need to go to the gym more. I took that clip, and I just put it on YouTube as a short, and I just titled it something like, why people don't have six-packs. And like in 30 seconds, it had been seen 500 times. Why? Because people are searching for how to have six-pack abs. They were probably disappointed when they got to that one. But people are searching. They're looking. They don't even know what to tell you what they're looking for. And our job is to help them see that what they're really looking for is Jesus. I think we have one last video and then we'll close. Yeah. 
People, people are searching. And the Bible says this, that all who call on the name of the Lord might be saved. Is that what it says? Shall be, will be, they will be saved. All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. People are searching, and when they hear about Jesus, they will be saved by that name. Paul also wrote in Romans, how will they hear if we're not sent? Right? We are the ones that are being sent. So this morning, here's what's going to happen. We're going to send you out with the song, Go Tell It on the Mountain, because that's what we're called to do. And I was thinking about um, one of the things that, that was a casualty of COVID that we haven't started back yet is um, the special service that we used to be a part of every single Wednesday um, up at Central Methodist Church. And it was for clients at uh, GHA and Monarch, and it was fantastic. Like, you never know what's going to happen in that service. Y'all are so polite. They just yell stuff out. Um, we, it's just it's a blast. And you kind of get into a routine, and every, we seem like we did the same songs every week. And without fail, at the end of that, that service, Charlotte Maynus, who plays the piano, she would start singing Go Tell It on the Mountain. I mean, it could be the middle of the summer, 110 degrees, and we're singing Go Tell It on the Mountain. And everybody's sitting down, and there's this one client. Every time we sang Go Tell It on the Mountain, he would just pop up and just just smiling real big just reminded me of my brother right so it was and we had an instant connection but it was only that song and I was like this dude is thrilled about telling people about Jesus I found out later from his helper that he was just thrilled because he knew that was the last song Or maybe because it was about Jesus. I'm not quite sure. But I'm praying that you respond the same way. That you stand and that you are excited about living out your purpose to go tell it on the mountain. And that's to all of us in the room that are following Jesus. To those of us in the room that aren't following Jesus. You're not quite sure about Jesus because maybe you're not sure about church people that follow Jesus. Whatever it is, here's the thing. Until we receive him, we can't share him. And so the greatest thing we can do today is for you to say, Jesus, I want you to be my Savior. I don't want you to be just a Savior of the world. I want you to save me. So would you close your eyes? Would you bow your head? I'm going to give you the opportunity this morning as we bring this service to a close, as we get ready to leave to go and celebrate the birth of Jesus, I'm going to ask you, Are you here today, and do you need to be born again? Do you need that Savior to be your Savior? And if so, would you just simply raise your hand and say, that's me. Maybe you're watching online. You can raise your hand at home. 
said, that's me. I, I want to make sure that I'm right with the Savior of the world before we go and try to tell people. Because I want you to tell people about what you have seen, about what you have heard, about what you know to be true. All right, Father, thank you for allowing us to gather here this morning. Thank you for the good news that today a Savior has been born to us. His name is Emmanuel. He is a wonderful counselor. He's the greatest counselor. He is a prince of peace. He brings peace into our troubled and anxious days. And when we fix our mind on him, when we see him, when his light floods our world, and God, you allow us to see you and share you. And I pray that family members that we're around today, maybe that we haven't seen in years, God, that we would be able to share with them not the good news of religion, but the good news of a Savior born this day named Jesus. He will save the world. Help us to share that message, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all. Y'all just go proclaim the glory, eat tons of food, have fun with your families. We'll see you Wednesday at prayer and next Sunday here at, 10 at 9 o'clock. We'll have communion and start the new year together. Merry Christmas.